Hey there, this is Nathan Agan, and welcome to The Working Actor's Journey, connecting you with lifelong professionals. We are back with another scene from the rehearsal room. This is a scene from Shakespeare's play Hamlet from our May 2021 round of scenes, and it is directed by Gigi Birmingham. Uh, Gigi has actually been a guest on the podcast, uh, and we're thrilled that she could come back and work on this scene. Now, what you are going to hear, where is this in the play? It is Act 2, Scene 2, and one of the uh, notable lines from it is, When the wind is southerly, I know a hawk from a handsaw. And so in this scene, Hamlet's friends from school, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, have just arrived at the king and queen's request, and Claudius and Gertrude want Rosengill to find out what is going on with Hamlet, all this strange behavior they're seeing, they want his friends to get to the bottom of it. And a short while later, you know, after uh, the king and queen have exited, Hamlet enters reading and is greeted by Polonius before Rosengill uh, join us. And so that's where the scene begins, is when Hamlet comes in and, and Polonius encounters him. And you can catch up on all the previous workshop scenes we've done featuring King Lear to Troilus and Cressida, Midsummer Night's Dream, Julius Caesar, and As You Like It. They are all on the podcast previous episodes as well as you can find them on YouTube. Just go to workingactorsjourney.com to find links to everything. That'll be kind of your central hub, and then you can go to the podcast or YouTube, or we even have clips on Facebook. But if you go to workingactorsjourney.com, that's where you'll find everything. I also want to mention that we have recently done a number of Facebook Live sessions, including a Q&A with director Libby Apple, and then kind of a new series about acting the role featuring Jeffrey Wade and Reed Burney, where we focused on specific characters. Jeffrey talked about Dogberry from Much Ado About Nothing, and Reed talked about his experience working on Uncle Vanya from Chekhov's play. You can catch replays of all of those on our Facebook page. Okay, back to the scene for today from Hamlet. Our cast includes Juana Martinez as Hamlet, Seth David Mitchell as Polonius, Max Hertzfeld as Rosencrantz, and Daniel Relaford as Guildenstern. And our dramaturg, Gideon Rappaport, was there in uh, the weeks leading up to this final presentation. He just couldn't make it for uh, this session, uh, but uh, his work is definitely felt uh, throughout this. And our director, Gigi, is actually back with her third scene in the rehearsal room after working on Richard III and King John. As I mentioned, uh, you can find all of those sessions on the podcast and on YouTube. I just love listening back or watching these sessions back because they are filled with such great discussion and questions and, and, and work, really, you know, just focusing on the process. So I, I think there's just some fantastic work being done here by everybody, and it was wonderful to see how much everybody grew with their characters and the roles over the weeks. And I believe you're really going to enjoy the episode today. So without further ado, here we go with the rehearsal room presentation of Hamlet, from May 2021. Everybody, welcome. Thank you so much. My name is Nathan Agan. Uh, I'm the host and producer of The Working Actors Journey. Uh, and we, uh, what started as a podcast has developed into a series of workshops. Uh, the rehearsal room, which uh, you are seeing uh, one of the presentations of tonight. 
Uh, and we have a new program, which I'll mention uh, in a second. But uh, what has been really exciting about these workshops that we've been doing over the last uh, year uh, almost um, is that it really gives the actors and the directors and, and we've had dramaturgs and voice people in here as well uh, to work on this text in a way that seldom happens in professional productions. Just the luxury uh, of time and uh, the ability for everybody to really uh, explore this and unpack this for everything it's worth and that there's still more you could discuss even after all the sessions they've done uh, is is really fun to watch uh, for me personally. And then uh, the feedback I've heard from everybody involved is they seem to enjoy it too. Um, and one of the things I want to highlight uh, you know, this comes up a lot is that we are not beholden to uh, a lot of the same either limitations or uh, restrictions or, or necessities that uh, theaters are. So uh, specifically casting, we can be and I'm and I was uh, this word has been recently added to my vocabulary that we can be conscious of age and color and gender in our work here. Uh, you know, I think or at least the term I used to use is uh, gender blind and color blind and age blind. Uh, but as someone rightfully pointed out, we're still never really blind to those things. We're actually very acutely aware uh, of what we're doing. And so just to be more conscious uh, about that and, and in our work here has been really fun to explore uh, different things and, and roles in different ways. So that's uh, you'll see some of that this evening. And there have been other scenes where we've been doing that as well. So um, so yeah, I'm very excited here. I'll mention just a, co a couple other quick things. As you might have seen, uh, tonight we have selected a Women for Women International, uh, as the, uh, designated charity. So, uh, if you've already made a donation when signing up, thank you very much for doing that. Uh, if you'd like, uh, you can just go to womenforwomen.org and I'll put some links in the chat. Uh, you can just make a, a direction, uh, donation directly there, but anything you had sent in to us, uh, 100% will go on uh, to that organization. Um, and we do have uh, another uh, presentation coming up on Thursday this week. Uh, the director, Brennan Fox, has been working with a group uh, from The Merchant of Venice, and they're doing the final scene of that. Really, you know, wonderful discussion going on there, uh, just like in this group. And uh, it, it's a great scene, so I encourage you to come back. It's another free evening. You can also make a donation to a different charity uh, for that. Uh, and if you are enjoying uh, observing all of this and enjoying the conversations and, and the work, getting kind of that uh, inside look at what goes into the performance, we just started a new program that we're calling Repertory. And it's kind of modeled after the acting companies from regional theater that, you know, populated this country in the 50s, 60s, 70s. Uh, and what we have is two directors, a company of actors, dramaturgs, voice people, all working on Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. And so everybody is playing different roles and they're doing it over seven weeks. So they get a real, you know, good chance to explore different characters, different roles, different scenes. Uh, and uh, that just started yesterday. So we have another seven weeks. You can be part of the audience. I'll put a link uh, in the chat of how, how you can get involved uh, if you'd like to be part of that. So that is uh, it for me. Everybody's uh, on, on mute, which is great, especially the audience. Uh, and with that, I will uh, turn it over to Gigi Birmingham, and I'll see you guys in a bit at the end. With that, Gigi, it's all yours. Thank you, Nathan. Hello, actors. Uh, so it's us again. We don't know who's out there, if anybody, watching. So I'm going to forget about it. I really will, as you know. I'll start cursing like a sailor and all the things that I do. But uh, but that's okay. That's okay. There 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 are flies on the wall watching our process. So as we decided last week, we're going to do the monologues first, 
And for those who are listening, we're doing, we had added some monologues so that the actors would have an opportunity to do a little bit of iambic pentameter because the scene that we are working on from Hamlet has, is in prose, is not in meter. And we wanted to have just a little bit of a, you know, flavor of, of working on the meter. Uh, so the actors would uh, get the full uh, flavor of working on, on Shakespeare. So shall we begin with you, Polonius? And your delicious sure. uh, monologue after Laertes exits. Sure. And do you want to set it up? Or, uh, what happens here? What, what's just happened? Do you remember? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, at this point, uh, I, I'm asking Ophelia what her and her brother have been discussing, and she is telling me that he has been warning her about about uh, Hamlet, and I have my own thoughts on that. <clears throat> yes. Should should we uh, go away so that uh, Polonius can have the screen to himself? That's a good idea. But before you do that, why don't you introduce yourselves? Juan <laughs> Martinez is playing Hamlet. Juan <laughs> Martinez, I'm playing Hamlet. <laughs> I, I will do it. Max Hertzfeld is playing Rosencrantz. Danielle Relaford is playing Guildenstern. And Seth David Mitchell is playing playing Polonius. So we will listen to you, Polonius, at this time. Great. And then we'll talk afterwards. Perfect. Mary, well the thought. Tis told me he hath very oft of late given private time to you, and you yourself have of your audience been most free and bounteous. If it be so, and as so tis put on me, and that in a way of caution, I must tell you, you do not understand yourself so clearly as it as it behooves my daughter and her honor. What is between you? Give me up the truth. Good. Good. Ah, it's great, Seth. Good. Um, let's talk for just a minute. So, um, we don't have Gideon tonight, our dramaturg, so we're going to concentrate on the acting. Um, yes. I think you have a good understanding anyway of, of what's going on. But um, I would love to see a little more of your intention, like what's going on, what's the need? Can you verbalize what your need is right now? Yes, I mean, I would say my need is for Ophelia to understand the importance of staying away from Hamlet, Um, both for her her honor, but more so for mine. Good, so what's an active verb that you can use that's personal to you of what you're doing actively in order to Uh, achieve that? I, I mean, I think we had talked last week, I, the idea of just, I'm cautioning her of, of, as to what's going on. To caution her. Okay. What's an even stronger way of putting that? Just so that it activates something in you. So yes. you feel what you're doing. I think I'm, de- I mean, I'm demanding this information as well as demanding her behavior as a Demanding. Well. Demanding. That's good. Demanding and, and, and that's good. And warning. I mean, war, you know. Yeah. Commanding almost, yeah. Commanding is good, yeah. Okay, so I'd love to see a little, a little more of that energy, the need being strong, strength of need. And, um, marry, that first word. Yes. What, what is that again? Um, I take that as, as, uh, that, that phrase is just as good. Um, you know, that, that's good that you've been discussing that. Um, yeah. So marry is sort of just, it's a little bit of an oath. It's like, oh my goodness, or gee whiz, or oh my god. It's, it's, it's a little bit of an emphatic. Okay. A little bit more of that, okay. Just, right. um, yeah, okay. Um, okay. do you want to try it again? 
Sure. Mary, well, the thought. Tis told me he hath very oft of late given private time to you, and you yourself have of your audience been most free and bounteous. If it be so, as so tis put on me, and not in a way of caution, I must tell you, you do not understand yourself so clearly as it behooves my daughter and her honor. What is between you? Give me up the truth. Nice, nice. That felt much more um, commanding. commanding. Yes, <laughs> yes, very nice. Um, yeah, no, I think I think you've got it. Um, how can, how do you paraphrase? Um, you do not understand yourself so clearly as it behooves my daughter and your honor. Um, I what did I have down there? Um, did I? I? I wrote this is about me. Uh, uh, but um, <clears throat> what I'm saying to her is. You do not be an, do not be an idiot and do not disrespect this family. Um, is, is the way that I've been taking that. Or do not be a fool. I think um, you were right about, <clears throat> do not disrespect this family, meaning me, right? Exactly. Do not disrespect me. So make it personal. Exactly. Like you are disrespecting okay. your father right now. And I don't appreciate okay. it. You let her know. Okay. Yes. It's a personal insult. How dare you? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Try it again. Um, one, more, one more time to the top. I think you can afford to really, you know, lit yeah. line into her. Give it to okay. her. Okay. Okay. Mary, well, bethought. Tis told me he hath very often late given private time to you, and you yourself have of your audience been most free and bounteous. If it be so, as so tis put on me, and that in a way of caution, I must tell you, you do not understand yourself so clearly as, you do not understand yourself so clearly as it behooves my daughter and her honor. What is between you? Give me up the truth. Excellent. And your meter is perfect. Oh, great. It's perfect. Fantastic. You do not understand yourself so clearly as it behooves my, as it behooves my daughter and your honor. It's, 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 it, it feels very natural. I wasn't even thinking about it. I was like, oh, I should comment on the meter. So I had to oh. listen, I listened <laughs> to it this time and I was like, that's perfect. <laughs> so, um, well done. Well done. Do you feel Great. complete with it? I do. It was, yeah, yeah it's a fun, yeah. it's a fun little section. Yeah. So, Super fun. It's a nice little snippet to have. Somebody says, do you have any Shakespeare? You could say, well, yeah, I got this little, little, little snippet from Hamlet. They'll be like, oh, which, which one to be to or not to be? And you'll say, no, it's another one. <laughs> Well done. Okay, everybody come back. Please. And, um, yes, well done, well done. Nice clipping. Um, who would like to go next? Hamlet, just kidding. <laughs> Danielle. Uh, okay, yes, Danielle's gonna do an Ophelia monologue, for those of you who don't know, um, because, uh, there wasn't much for Guildenstern to cobble together. Uh, in meter. So we gave Danielle a, um, an Ophelia monologue, which you worked on, uh, with Gideon, our dramaturg and, um, Shakespeare expat. So why don't you just do it and then we'll talk after. Okay. We'll all go away. Oh, what a noble mind is here overthrown. The courtiers, soldiers, scholars, eye, tongue, sword, the expectancy and rose of the fair state. The glass of fashion and the mold of form, the observed of all observers, quite, quite down. And I, of ladies most deject and wretched, 
that sucked the honey of his music vows, now see that noble and most sovereign reason like sweet bells jangled out of time and harsh. That unmatched form and stature of blown youth blasted with ecstasy. Oh, woe is me to have seen what I have seen, see what I see. Good, 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 Danielle, good. How's it feel? Uh, it, it feels better every time, mm-hmm. but I, I still feel like I'm working it. Like. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. I, I, I'm loving it. I think you will get to a place where, I mean, this is the kind of thing you want to be working on when you're cleaning house or doing the dishes or whatever and just let yourself go with it and just, um, know that the meter is now in the, in your under, in your way of saying it. So you don't have to think about that anymore. It's just mm-hmm. going to come out that way naturally. And so now you can really just think about, um, your wants and needs and, um, what, you know, you can personalize it to imagine in your own mind a loss of this kind. And while you're, while you're, while you as Ophelia are talking about this, this nightmare that you're witnessing in the man of, of your life, the man of mm-hmm. your, your, who was meant to be your spouse, you, you know, you can, you, Danielle can personalize it is one way of saying it. I, I, I subscribe to Uta Hagen's words, which are, are um, transference or substitution. If you take something from your own life and you kind of, as you rehearse on your own, continue to rehearse on your own, you bring that in from your own life and think about a loss, a sadness, seeing something, you know, um, someone you love going through some dreadful thing. Um, and you just, if you work on it that way, then you can bring that same feeling in to the monologue. And um, as you go forward, I think that's the next step. I think you're ready to do that now. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I'm, you're probably already doing that. Is that right? Uh, parts of it, I think I I still have trouble with the words, like the way Ophelia speaks, like trying to decide how, I don't know, like, Maybe I'm listening too much to myself instead of just, like you said, just letting letting go with it and just letting the emotion take over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. That, that, that'll come. That'll come. One thing that helps with that, too, is just super familiarity with it so you don't have to think about it at all. So when you're completely memorized, so you don't have to look at the words at all, and you are also memorized on the, the meter that you're going to use, you know that is going to be how it's going to be said, and it's just going to come out that way, and you just... Don't have to think about it anymore. Um, so Shakespeare more than, than anything else, I think can bear tons of repetition. You know, you're in the bathtub, just say it to yourself 50 times. You don't even have to act it. Just say it over and over with the meter being correct. And then another time you can act, you can begin to act it. I always find that when I'm super memorized on something, that's when I can really begin to, uh, allow inspiration in because I can just be in the head of the character seeing what they're seeing and thinking what they're thinking. And if I can trust myself to know the words, then it frees my imagination to add in all the, the stuff that's going to make it feel real inside mm-hmm. of me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So it's Shakespeare. So it takes a lot of time and uh, you take all the time you need to, to feel really, really comfortable with the words. And then you can begin to do the substituting and the transferring of your own experiences into the monologue. 
Um, the other thing to continue to do with it is, or to continue to return to is the paraphrasing so that you can, you know, whenever you feel like, I just sort of feel like I'm saying this and it doesn't really, I'm waiting to get to the next line. Go back and think about what am I saying with this line and say it to yourself just in ordinary English, you know, using curse words or whatever works for you. Um, if it's, if it, if it's warranted, you know, what the heck is happening here? What the heck? What, what am I, you know, what am I seeing? This, this is insane. You know, then you take that energy, that same energy mm-hmm. and you apply it to the, to the verbiage. And then you'll be amazed as you know, as you're, you're already, you're getting there. So, um, I'd love you to do it one more time and try and forget, forget that it's Shakespeare, forget that it's meter and just think about that you're, you've seen your dearest, dearest was supposed to be your future companion mm-hmm. gone before your eyes destroyed, still alive, but not there anymore. It's the ultimate nightmare. And you're by yourself, so you can be free to express yourself. You want to try that? Yeah. Okay. Whenever you're ready, take your time. Oh, what a noble mind is here overthrown. The courtiers, soldiers, scholars, eye, tongue, sword, the expectancy and rose of the fair state, the glass of fashion and the mold of form, the observed of all observers, quite quite down and I of ladies most dejected and wretched that suck the honey of his music thou now see that noble and most sovereign reason like sweet bells jangled out of time and harsh that unmatched form and stature of blown youth blasted with ecstasy <laughs> woe is me to have seen what I have seen See what I see. Nice. That was great, Danielle. Well done. Good adjustment. How did that feel? Yeah, it, it felt a, it, it feels better every time. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I, I definitely hear what you're saying. Like I, I definitely need to work on the emotion, like connecting the emotion mm-hmm. to the words. Like yeah. I just keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and trust that you now. Uh, you know, that work with Gideon was really helpful, obviously. Uh, trust that you now know that and that, and you can let that relax into you. Um, the more you work on mm-hmm. it, you can trust yourself. You, you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing as far as the language goes. So, uh, well done. I have a couple quick notes just for your future. Cause I, I hope you'll keep, you'll have this be one of, one of the monologues you do, hopefully, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Good. 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 So, um, I have, um, or thrown. Oh, what a noble mind is here or thrown, not overthrown or thrown or thrown. Yeah. They're just, the V wasn't spoken in this particular sentence. Sometimes he spoke, sometimes Shakespeare writes it where he writes out the whole word overthrown. And sometimes he says, or instead of over. So here it's overthrown, unless in yours, it's overthrown. You have a different version. No, it's, it's overthrown. Okay. Okay, good. Just, yeah. So just say or thrown. Overthrown. And we know you mean overthrown. We know that. Yep. And then, um, I have out of tune. You have out of time. Um, I'm not sure what line it is because I don't have the numbers. It's, uh, the yeah, I, yeah, yeah, the version I have out of time and harsh. Okay. okay. So there's different versions. And then my final note is going to be that 
when you continue to work on it. Um, and I have all of ladies most deject. Okay. So, so your first beat kind of ends with the observable observers quite, quite down. Right. Mm-hmm. And now you're going on to the next thing. So you're kind of, you're kind of going up a notch. It's like you were on a stair and now you're going up to the next stair and you're saying, and I have of ladies most dejected, wretched, etc. Like sweet bells jangled out of tune and harsh. The whole thing is, is a build up to blasted with ecstasy. So it's like, it's like me talking to you right now and I'm starting to say something and now I'm saying something else and now I'm saying something else and that's called a build. You see what I mean? Yeah. So it's one thought that is joining another thought that is heightening. The intensity is heightened as you reach the end of it. Okay. I think that's written into it. I don't think it's directorial. I think it's just how it needs to be done. And even that final sentence can even be on top of what you just did. Like you might end up, you know, you might end up very high with blasted with ecstasy and you can even go higher for the next one. Oh, woe is me. Or in any, in any case, energetically, you continue to build on top of what you've created. Mm-hmm. It's really just those two beats, I think. You know, the first one is just describing what you're seeing and experiencing it and noticing it. And the second one is talking about yourself and the pain that you're experiencing to see this beautiful thing and all the the, the loss. I'm excited to see this another time. A few months from now, when you've really, when you've killed it. Okay, Danielle. Well done. Bravo. Thank you. Really, really good work. Okay. Max, are you ready to come and join me for, for your Rosencrantz speech? I am. Okay. Very good. Shall I leave you alone or do you want to talk about it for a minute? Uh, I'll just ready to go. Mm. Take your time. The single and peculiar life is bound with all the strength and armor of the mind to keep itself from noyance. But much more, the spirit upon whose wheel depends and rests the lives of many. The cess of majesty dies not alone, but like a gulf doth draw what's near it with it. It is a massy wheel fixed upon the summit of the highest mount, to whose huge spokes ten thousand lesser things are mortised and adjoined, which, when it falls, each small annexment, petty consequence, attends the boisterous ruin. Never alone did the king sigh, but with a general groan. That was nice, Max. Really nice. Really good. Yeah, really good work this week. My goodness, I could tell you really, uh, you really spent some time with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that last word. Groan. I think I would emphasize general, but not groan. Okay. I mean, we want to hear groan. Mm-hmm. But the the point is that the the king doesn't sigh alone. Everybody sighs with him, right? Right. I think Does my concern, hmm? yeah, yeah, it makes sense. My concern there was I didn't want to end on a downward inflection. I hear you. So should I layer that by having like general groan, like just don't drop general, or 
What are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I know what you mean. I'm, I'm so obsessed with not dropping at the end of a line. But mm-hmm. if you can be heard, if you're really emphasizing general and you're clear on groan, you don't mm-hmm. have to pitch it up. You can just, okay. as long as it's clear. Excellent. Yeah. Um, don't, you're continuing to pause a little bit at the end of a lot of the lines, especially at the beginning mm-hmm. when you got started. Yeah. So that's something to continue to, to work on. Um, yes. because that is, that is a trap with Shakespeare that we want to avoid because he did not mean for the meter to stop you from continuing to speak the line and going all the way to the end of it, however long it may be. It might be really, 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 really long. And it might, it may be that it's all in meter. Yes, it might, it might, it could be possibly. Yes. And yet just keep going with it anyway. Um, so, so for you, an exercise I would give myself is just to forget the meter for a moment and see what it feels like to say the line without the meter and then go back to it. You know, you might record yourself even and go, yeah, oh, 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 that's where I screw up the meter. So how can I do the meter and continue the line at the same time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the whole thing could be faster. The whole, you could pace it up. Okay. Um, eventually I know you're, you're, I, I, it seems like you're, it's all very natural and real. Um, but it's slow because you're, Piecing it together, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd rather have it be real and slower, but eventually it should, the pace should be faster. And, um, your language, your, the language is really beautiful though. Do you want to do it again and just try and pace it up once? Sure. Okay. Let's do it. The single and peculiar life is bound with all the strength and armor of the mind to keep itself from noyance and much more to the spirit upon which Wheel upon whose wheel depends and rests the lives of many. Let's just go back. Let's go back from the, to the top, Max, so that you can say, but mm-hmm. much more of that spirit. But much Thank more you. of that spirit. Take your time. Take a deep breath. We're good. We have plenty of time. There's no rush. The single and peculiar life is bound with all the strength and armor of the mind to keep itself from noyance, but much more. That spirit upon whose wheel depends and rests the lives of many. The cess of majesty dies not alone, but like a gulf doth draw what's near it with it. It is a massy wheel fixed to the summit of the highest mount, to whose huge spokes ten thousand lesser things are mortised and adjoined, which when it falls, each small annexment, petty consequence, attends the boisterous ruin. Never alone did the king sigh, but with a general groan. Oh, that was great. That was great. And that last line, that, that, that you really understand that. Does, how does that feel to say it that way? Good. Good. Um, there was one line that I think the meter was a little bit off. Yeah, I think I, I replaced a word with an extra syllable, I think, somewhere in the middle there. Oh, well, that doesn't matter. I, I knew that was just a mistake, but our mortise and a joint, which you want to do that line for me? Just for okay. meter. Mm-hmm. Are mortised and adjoined, which when it falls. Good. And you had emphasized it before a little too much so that you gave it a bit of a beat. So that mm-hmm. was correct. You had, uh, so are mortised. Here, we have some choices. It could be like this. Are mortised and joined, which when it falls. Or you could say are mortised 
and a joint which, when it falls, we we have a few choices, but you've got to just do the five the five beats in the in the line. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? We do you know mm-hmm. that we have choices sometimes. There may yeah, be yeah. a best way to say it, but as long as you do five feet, I think hey, you're okay. Maybe I'm a bit relaxed with my Shakespeare. I don't think it has to be a specific a specific way as long as it's the five beats within the line. And mm-hmm. and Shakespeare sometimes requires us to cram a bunch of words together in one beat because he gives us too many. And you're like, how am I gonna do that in five in five feet? But you yeah. but you can find a way to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So good. This is exciting. This is a great monologue for you. You're going to hang on to this too? Oh, yeah. Good. Do you want to do it one more time or are you good for tonight? I think I'm good for tonight. Okay. Well done, Max. Well done. Everybody come back, please. Yeah, no. Thank you. Hello, hello. Ready to do a bit of Hamlet? The scene? Hamlet. The scene from Hamlet. Let me take a quick look at the chat and see what's going on. Tonight's charity, I'm thrilled. It's Women for Women International, which... um, uh, Somebody asks, do you really think that Polonius would be so arrogant in speaking to someone of a higher class? Well, um, Paul K. Smith, he's speaking to his own daughter, actually. So uh, I think he would speak to her that way, especially being who he is. <laughs> um, so I think that's, yes, he would speak to her that way, uh, I think. Um, I guess there's room for discussion about it. Let's see. So tonight's charity. Yeah. I'm thrilled that it's Women for Women International. It's an amazing charity. Um, I hope you'll look it up, um, online. They do amazing work all over the world, helping women to become self-sufficient, especially in places where that's not easily achieved. Um, and there's some information about, uh, about, um, future. Future, um, the rehearsal room doings. Why are you, are you laughing at me, Kwana? Hey, hey. Okay. Am I wasting a lot of time? A little bit. Let's get oh, going here. No. Let's get going. Let's do Hamlet. So Kwana's not good. Kwana doesn't get to do a monologue because she's playing Hamlet. And she gets to do a lot of talking, although it's all in, um, prose, but, um, she's done lots of Shakespeare in the past. And so. She doesn't, uh, you know, need to work. Um, Are we setting up the scene? Let's set up the scene. So for those of you who don't know Hamlet, I'm sure you do. But anyway, um, Hamlet has just returned from Paris. He's been called home by his mother, the queen, and his new stepfather, the king, who just murdered his father, the king. And I believe Hamlet has already had the, the ghost scene has happened. So Hamlet is now confirmed in his suspicions that his stepfather, the new king, murdered his own father. So um, needless to say, Hamlet has a lot uh, going on right now. He's dealing with a lot. He did come home. And Kwana, do you want to talk about a little He's bit been about... He's that he can't go back to Wittenberg. Um He's been told to not be so sad. <laughs> um, and then I believe just before this, he's come from Ophelia's chamber where his his socks were awry and he acted quite strange, uh, which prompts Polonius to uh, assume that Hamlet is mad. 
because he hasn't been allowed to see Ophelia, because Polonius wouldn't let Hamlet see Ophelia. But aren't you also, Hamlet, aren't you also choosing to play mad? There's some of that as well. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's enough for those. I'm sure everybody knows about Hamlet. So that's enough of a setup, I think. It's it's pretty early in the play. And um, um, so we will do, as we've discussed, we'll do a couple of beats at a time, and then we'll stop, and then we'll do the whole scene after we've gone through the, the separate um, little sections. We'll do two beats at a time. And um, a few things to remember when doing asides, come in close to the camera and whisper, right? And um, keep a face. But I don't need to give you those notes yet because we haven't worked yet. So never mind. Okay, let's do the first couple of, first, let's do 1A and 1B. Yeah, I had one question for you. Yes, sir. Uh, just because I had, I had mixed notes on my script. For when I talk to the king and the queen, do you want me to look at, at camera for, for them, or do you want me to look um, just a different side from Hamlet? Uh, just the other side from Hamlet, I think, would do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Don't worry too much about those things. I'd rather you be able to be present to, you know, for the, yeah. the experience. But, 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 I mean, that's good. That's important, but, yeah. Okay. Take your time and begin when you like. And Polonius is just, uh, for those who are watching, Polonius is going to um, say goodbye to the king and queen with whom he has been in private conference. Away, I do beseech you both, away. I will board him presently. Oh, give me leave. How does my good Lord Hamlet? Well, God of mercy. Do you know me, my lord? Excellent, well, you are a fishmonger. Not I, my lord. Then I would you were so honest a man. Honest, my lord. Aye, sir, to be honest as this world goes is to be one man picked out of ten thousand. That's very true, my lord. For if the sun breed maggots and a dead dog being a good kissing carrion... Have you a daughter? I have, my lord. Let her not walk in the sun. Conception is a blessing, but as your daughter may conceive, friend, look to it. How say you by that, still harping on my daughter? Yet he knew me not at first. He said that I was a fishmonger. He is far gone. Truly, in my youth, I suffered much extremity for love. Very near this. I will speak to him again. What do you read, my lord? Words, words, words. What is the matter, my lord? With whom? The matter that you read, my lord. Slander, sir. For the satirical rogue says here that old men have grey beards, that their faces are wrinkled, their eyes purging thick amber and plum tree gum, and that they have a plentiful lack of wit together with most weak hands. All which, sir, though I most powerfully and potently believe, yet I hold it not honestly to have it thus set down. For yourself, sir, shall grow old as I am, if like a crab you could go backward. Though this be madness, there is method in it. Will you walk out of the air, my lord? Into my grave. <laughs> Indeed, that is out of the air. How pregnant sometimes his replies are. 
a happiness that often madness hits on, which reason and sanity could not so prosperously be delivered of. I will leave him and suddenly contrive of mean, a means of meeting between him and my daughter. My lord, I will take my leave of you. You cannot, sir, take from me anything I will more willingly part with all, except my life. Except my life. Except my life. Fare you well, my lord. These tedious old fools. You go to seek the Lord Hamlet. There he good, is. Good, good, good. We're stopping there. Good, good. Well done, well done. Um, lovely, lovely. Um, it's good work, you guys. Um, I just have a couple quick, quick, uh, uh, adjustments I'd love you to do, and then uh, I'd love you to go again. Um, I think we can afford to, to take more into account the filmic, um, circumstance in which we find ourselves. It's hard not to, you know, feel the theater in our loins when we're doing Shakespeare, but we can afford to be very subtle here. So think everything you're thinking, because I see everything happening inside of you, but you don't have to show us as much. You can just have have it going on here, and we will see it. Um, I think you can pick up the pace. I know it, it feels like you're talking really fast already. So I guess maybe it's just pick up the cues maybe more. I'm not sure. And um, Polonius, I think when you go to the asides, if you can be quick to the asides, because an aside is sort of like you're sticking it in, like dialogue, 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 aside, dialogue, dialogue. So kind of stick it in there as fast as you can. I know you're walking to the camera, but you can start the aside while you're going to the camera. You can use your hand or whatever. It's a classic thing. Classic thing. This is an aside. Go ahead. Why not? We're, this is Shakespeare. Um, and when you say Polonius, when you say, I will leave, it's like a light bulb just went off. Yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. Great. Take your time. I mean, take your time getting started. (laughs) (laughs) Give me just one sec. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, Sorry. Question. Yes, Max, I think you should continue and go on into the next scene. Is that what you were going to ask? Yes, it is. Let's do that. Let's just keep going. And we'll do that. We'll go, we'll go, um, to through the next two beats. So we will end at, uh, my lord, we were sent for. Got it. Thank you. Uh huh. Away. I do beseech you both away. I will board him presently. Or give me leave. How does my good lord Hamlet? Well, God of mercy. Do you know me, my lord? Excellent, well, you are a fishmonger. Not I, my lord. Then I would you were so honest a man. Honest, my lord. Aye, sir, to be honest as this world goes is to be one man picked out of ten thousand. That's very true, my lord. For if the sun breed maggots and a dead dog being a good kissing carrion. Have you a daughter? I have, my my lord. Let her not walk in the sun. Conception is a blessing, but as your daughter may conceive, friend, let to it. How say you by that? Still harping on my daughter, yet he knew me not at first. He said I was a fishmonger. He is far gone. And truly, in my youth, I suffered much externally for love. Very near this. I'll speak to him again. What do you read, my lord? Words, words, words. What is the matter, my lord? Between who? 
I mean the matter that you read, my lord. Slander, sir. For this satirical rogue says here that old men have grey beards, that their faces are wrinkled, that their eyes purging thick amber and plum tree gum, and that they have a plentiful lack of wit together with most weak hands. All which, sir, though I most powerfully and potently believe, yet I hold it not honesty to have it thus set down. Yet for yourself, sir, shall grow old as I am, if like a crab you could go backward. Don't this be madness? There is method in it. Will you walk out of the air, my lord? Into my grave. Indeed, that is out of the air. How pregnant sometimes his replies are, a happiness that often madness hits on, which reason and sanity could not so prosperously be delivered of. I will take my leave of him, and suddenly contrive a means of meeting between him and my daughter. My lord, I will take my leave of you. You cannot, sir, take from me anything I will more willingly part with all except my life. Except my life. Except my life. Fare you well, my lord. These tedious old fools. You go to seek the Lord Hamlet. There he is. God save you, sir. My honored lord. <laughs> my most dear lord. My excellent good friends. How dost thou, Guildenstern? Oh, Rosencrantz. Good lads, how do you both? As the indifferent children of the earth. Happy in that we are not over happy. On fortune's cap, we are not the very button. Nor the soles of her shoe. Neither, my lord. Then you live about her waist or in the middle of her favors. <laughs> Faith, her private sweet. <laughs> in the secret parts of fortune, oh, most true, she is a strumpet. <laughs> what news? None, my lord, but that the world's grown honest. Ah, uh, then is doomsday near. But your news is not true. Let me question more in particular. What have you, my good friends, deserved at the hands of fortune that she sends you to prison hither? Prison, my lord. Then marks a prison. Then is the world one. A goodly one in which there are many confines, wards, and dungeons, Denmark being one of the worst. We think not so, my lord. Why, then, tis none. To you, for there is neither... Good or bad, but thinking makes it so. To me it is a prison. Why, then your ambition makes it one. Tis too narrow for your mind. Oh, God, I could be bounded in a nutshell and count myself a king of infinite space were it not that I have bad dreams. Which dreams indeed are ambition, for the very substance of the ambitious is merely the shadow of a dream. A dream itself is but a shadow. Uh, truly, and I hold ambition of so airy and light a quality that it is but a shadow's shadow. Then are our beggars' bodies and our monarchs and outstretched heroes the beggars' shadows? Shall, shall we to the court, for, for by my fay I, I cannot reason? We'll wait upon you. We'll wait upon you. No such matter. I will not sort you with the rest of my servants, for to speak to you like an honest man, I am most dreadfully attended. But in the beaten way of friendship, what make you at Elsinore? To visit you, my lord, no other occasion. Better that I am, I am even poor in thanks, but I thank you. And sure, dear friends, my thanks are too dear a halfpenny. Were you not sent for? Is it your own inclining? Is it a free visitation? Come, come, deal justly with me. Come, come, nay, speak. What should we say, my lord? Anything but to the purpose. You were sent for, and there is a kind of confession in your looks which your modesties have not craft enough to color. I know the good king and queen have sent for you. 
To what end, my lord? That you must teach me. But let me conjure you by the rights of our fellowship, by the consonancy of our youth, by the obligation of our ever-preserved love, and by what more dear a better proposer can charge you withal. Be even and direct with me, whether you were sent for or no. What say you? Nay, then, I have an eye on you. If you love me, hold not off. My lord, we were sent for. I will tell you why. Good. Let's stop there. Good, good, good. Very good. Awesome. Well done. Nice pace, you guys. Um, I have a few notes. Can we do it again? So, um, Polonius says you're exiting. If you're there, if you're there as you're exiting, uh, line 235, 236. Fare you well, my lord. Yes. You're kind of smiling. I think you're oh, like, okay. sorry? Nothing. Well, uh, can you want to tell me what was going on there? Oh, uh, I, I did not realize I was smiling. I thought I was, I mean, yeah, it, it may be some after effect of me playing myself a little bit more bumbling, uh, that I'm not realizing. So oh, yeah, no, I think no, it's okay. I just may. wondered if there was something I didn't understand. I think, I think you're a little afraid of him at that point. He's acting yeah. kind of crazy. Uh, I think you kind of got to get out of there. You're like, I got to get out of here. And you're like, he's over there. I'm out of here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think you might be super polite to him as you say goodbye. It's like, don't hit, don't hurt me. I'm, I, I'm, okay. he's over, you know, get out of there. Um, okay. Okay. Um, and Camlet, you, as, as you're saying goodbye to Polonius, you cannot sir take from me anything that I will more willingly part with all. Um, you're being, I think you're being super polite. You're actually saying something really rude, but it's that kind of thing where somebody is super polite as they're being really mean and rude. Do you know what, do you know what I mean with what you're saying there? You're like, yes. Yeah. I'm so happy that you are getting the fuck out of my face, man. Thank you so much. So I think you can be, you can afford to be super polite to him as you said. Um, on two fifty four Hamlet mm-hmm. bottom of that second page um what news you took a big beat there oh we we did put a line there because we said that was a new beat, but it is a new beat, but I think you can just string it right together, just start the new beat, just go, yes, you know you and Gil, you guys, the three of you, it's like you get together, it's like buds, and what do these buds do when they first see each other? It's like one goes like this and the other one goes like that. And then, you know, and then you're, you're riffing and how you play together is these word games and games of wit, right? So enjoy it. It's like, it's, you only do that with these guys and this is what you guys do. And it's super fun, right? So, and it's fast. It's like, what'd you say? I said this. You said that. I said this. Oh, you know, and it ends and they're like, all right. What about this? What about, you know, so this is what you do together. And so, um, that's the first beat is like, is like, you just ask how you doing, right? And off they go. Off they go. Rosencrantz doesn't say, well, I'm fine. He says, I'm like this. And then, and Gilderson says like this. And you're like, what does that mean? And then, so you're even your hello is a game of wits. Does that make sense? Yes. So you finish your game. It's really just a long hello. And then you go, what news? 
So it's like, hello, what's going on? Mm-hmm. This is the next, this is the next thing. Um, and Hamlet, why do you bring them into your problem? Why do you immediately let them know that Denmark is a prison to you? Well, I'm feeling them out to see why they're here. Good. So I would love to feel a little more that you're feeling them out. Okay. I didn't quite know what you were, why you were telling them that. So that's good. I wrote down, why are you bringing them into your problem? I like that, feeling them out. That's good. Um, and you guys, the whole, this is the other, the game of wits thing, that whole thing, um, which starts with Hamlet introducing the idea of Denmark is a prison. Now you guys do a whole long riff on what is a prison and is it prison is in your mind? No, it's a this. It's, it's for rich people. No, it's for the poor people. The poor people are the only real people because rich people are what I, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Uh, the ambitious. Um, so, so it's a game of wits. And finally it ends with Hamlet that are our beggars bodies and our monarchs and so on shadows. So, so have a build for that whole, that whole section should be a build and it ends with Hamlet. And he finishes it, and then he's like, okay, let's go. Okay? Just want to make sure you, you – let's do it one more time. And then we will continue after that. We will continue into the next beat all the way to the end of – all of uh, the, to, the, to the, the trumpet for the players. Okay, well, any questions? Starting at the, the top or? No, we're going to start again at the, at the second part. Well, you're, yeah, your, your exit, your exit, Polonius. So why don't we take it back just a couple lines so you can, you can in, implement the, the notes I just gave. So Hamlet, yeah. you can take it from, you cannot, so take from me anything? No. You cannot, so take from me anything I will more willingly part with all, except my life, except my life, except my life. Fare you well, my lord. These tedious old fools. You go to seek the Lord Hamlet. There he is. I'll save you, sir. My honored lord. My most dear lord. Oh, my excellent good friends. How dost thou, Guildenstern? Ah, oh, Rosencrantz. Good lads, how do you both? As the indifferent children of the earth. Happy in that we are not over happy. On fortune's cap, we are not the very button. Not the soles of her shoe? Neither, my lord. Then you live about her waist or in the middle of her favors. Faith, her private glee. In the secret parts of fortune, oh, most true, she is a strumpet. What news? None, my lord, but that the world's grown honest. Then is doomsday, dear. But your news is not true. Let me question more in particular. What have you, my good friends, deserved at the hands of fortune that she sends you to prison hither? Prison, my lord. Then marks a prison. Then is the world one? A goodly one, in which there are many confines, wards, and dungeons, Denmark being one of the worst. Uh, we think not so, my lord. Why, then tis none to you, for there is nothing, either good or bad, but thinking mm. makes it so? Hmm? To me it is a prison. Why, then your ambition makes it one. Tis too narrow for your mind. Oh, God, I could be bounded in a nutshell and count myself a king of infinite space, were it not that I have bad dreams. Which dreams, indeed, are ambition, for the very substance of the ambitious is merely the shadow of a dream. A dream itself is but a shadow. 
Truly, and I hold ambition of so airy and light a quality that it is but a shadow's shadow. Then are our beggars' bodies, and our monarchs and outstretched heroes the beggars' shadows. Shall we to the court? For by my faith, I, I cannot reason. Um, we'll wait upon you. We'll wait upon you. No such matter. I will not sort you with the rest of my servants, for to speak to you like an honest man, I am most dreadfully attended. But in the beaten way of friendship, what make you at Elsinore? To visit you, my lord, no other occasion. Beggar that I am, I am even poor in thanks, but I thank you. And sure, dear friends, my thanks are too dear a halfpenny. Were you not sent for? Is it your own inclining? Is it a free visitation? Come, come, deal justly with me. Come, come, nay, speak. What should we say, my lord? Anything but to the purpose. You were sent for, and there is a kind of confession in your looks which your modesties have not craft enough to color. I know the good king and queen have sent for you. To what end, my lord? That you must teach me. But let me conjure you by the rights of our fellowship, by the consonancy of our youth, by the obligation of our ever-preserved love, and by what more dear a better proposer can charge you with all. Be even and direct with me, whether you were sent for or no. What say you? Nay, then I have an eye of you. If you love me, hold not off. My lord, we were sent for. I will tell you why. So shall my anticipation prevent your discovery, and your secrecy to the king and queen molt no feather. I have of late, but wherefore I know not, lost all my mirth, forgone all custom of exercises, and indeed it goes so heavily with my disposition that this goodly frame, the earth, seems to me a sterile promontory, this most excellent canopy, the air, look you, this brave or hanging firmament, this majestical roof, fretted with golden fire, why it appeareth nothing to me but a foul and pestilent congregation of vapors. What a piece of work is a man! How noble in reason, how infinite in faculties, in form and moving, how express and admirable in action, how like an angel in apprehension, how like a god, the beauty of the world, the paragon of animals. And yet to me, what is this quintessence of dust? Man delights not me, no, nor woman neither. Though by your smiling you seem to say so. My lord, there was no such stuff in my thoughts. Why did you laugh then when I said man delights not me? To think, my lord, if you delight not in man, what Lenten entertainment the players shall receive from you. We coded them on the way, and hither they are coming to offer you service. He that plays the king shall be welcome. His majesty shall have tribute on me. The adventurous knight shall use his foil and target. The lover shall not sigh gratis. The humorous man shall end his part in peace. The clown shall make those laugh whose lungs are tickle of the seer. And the lady shall not shall say her mind freely, or the blank verse shall halt for it. What players are they? Ah, even those you were wont to take such delight in, the tragedians of the city. How chances they travel? Their residence both in reputation and profit was better both ways. I think their inhibition comes by the means of the late innovation. Do they hold the same estimation they did when I was in the city? Are they so followed? No, indeed they are not. How comes it? Do they grow rusty? Nay, their endeavor keeps in the wanton pace. But there is, sir, an irie of children, little ayases that cry out at the top of question and are most tyrannically clapped for it. 
These are now the fashion, and so berattle the common stages, so they call them, what many wearing rapiers are afraid of goose quills, and dare scarce come thither. What are they, children? Who maintains them? How are they escorted? Will they pursue the quality no longer than they can sing? Will they not say afterwards, if they should grow themselves to common players, as it is most like, if their means are no better, their writers do them wrong to make them exclaim against their own succession? Faith. There has been much to do on both sides, and the nation holds it no sin to tar them to controversy. There was for a while no money bid for arguments unless the poet and the player went to cuffs in the question. (laughs) Is it possible? Oh, there has been much throwing about of brains. Do the boys carry it away? Aye, that they do, my lord. Hercules and his load, too. It is not very strange. For my uncle is king of Denmark, and those that would make mouths at him while my father lived give twenty, forty, fifty, a hundred ducats apiece for his picture in little. Splud. There is something in this more than natural, if philosophy could find it out. There are the players. Oh, okay, we'll, we'll stop for now. We'll stop for a second. Sorry, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to come on so abruptly. Um, we'll just, we'll just, we'll just do that, that those two weeks. Good. Okay, now I will come on. Sorry about that. Um, nicely, good, good, good. Really good pace. You guys are really blasting through. That's, that's good. Um, yeah. Do you want to say something, Quana? No, no, no. Okay. Good. <laughs> um, um, can you guys silence your phones? Thank you. Um, Hamlet. So at the beginning, um, run 316. You know, you get them to say that they were, wait a minute, that was one, yeah, you get them to say they were sent for, right? Mm-hmm. And now what are, what are you explaining to them? Now I'm actually, uh, I have, now this is the opportunity to tell a little truth myself. Yeah. So I would love for you to, kind of have this kind of energy that you have right this second to, to like bring that. Cause you're still doing, even in this moment, you're still doing the kind of like, I'm not being completely authentic with you guys. Um, <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? So, okay. you know, Hamlet is such a good actor himself. He can be you, they, they can be completely authentic at acting. I mean, Hamlet's a really good actor, so you can afford to be, completely honest with them and natural and tell them, Hey, this is why, this is why this, I know, I know why they sent for you, for you. I'm going to explain it to you. This is what they've seen. And this is what's happening. You may not be actually coming completely clean with them, but we should think in the moment that you're coming completely clean with them. And they should certainly think that you're coming completely clean with them. Got it. Um, Rosencrantz 352. Tragedians. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And then, um, and then when it's about the, when it's about the players, Hamlet, I think, I think the idea of the play, it's like life, it's like when you're in a, a crisis mode, like a grieving mode or, um, health crisis or any major crisis in your life and you're just talking about it and then somebody tells you something that I don't know 
like about a like they're doing another five seasons of Downton Abbey for me. That would be the thing where I'd be like, I don't care what's going on. Like I've just been given a, you know, deadly diagnosis by the doctor. I would still, I would probably still go and it would take me out of it for a minute. So I think I'm exaggerating, of course, but the idea of the players, the players represents to you your life in, you know, in France that you're making for yourself, where you're not the prince of Denmark and trapped with your duties, where you're just who you are. The players represent that to you, and they've come here. Your favorite troupe. This is what Rosencrantz is telling you. It's not just anybody. It's Steppenwolf or whatever it is for you. Steppenwolf has come. You're like, oh, my God. So I think that that really means something to you. And right away, you begin to think about how you can make that work for you. And you're kind of talking about it. You're just saying the king this and the ingenue that and so on and so forth. But you're already thinking about how you can make use of them. Um, and then you want to know, okay, that, that, but are they still any good? And he's like, yeah, they're good. And like, what's happening? So I, I would love for the, for it to be clearer to the audience what you're talking about with the children actors and so on. I don't know how to make that clearer exactly. Um, the late innovation. So you introduced that Rosencrantz. So you can kind of um, pop that out. The late yeah, yeah. innovation. And Hamlet's like, eh, I don't know what you're talking about. So now you have to explain the late innovation. So it'll help us to know that Hamlet is also learning for the first time about this weird new thing. Right. Right. And, and I love what you're doing. You're, you're kind of, you know, animating with the children like but it might be a little too much because it takes me a little bit out of it like what what so just right. communicate to us that it's little kids with a really shrill voice who are playing these normally played by adults plays that's what the audience mm-hmm. needs to, to find out from the scene um so just be aware you're doing some important exposition there and then hamlet's the one who can have the like what are you saying to me are you are you putting me on it's like, imagine at the Amundsen, you go to see Long Day's Journey into Night, and it's a bunch of little kids playing it. What? <laughs> so. and arrows. Wow. Youth production of, of this kind yeah, of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's no longer going to be Jeremy Irons and Vanessa Redgrave. It's going to be. Wow. Uh, yeah. Okay, so let's um, let's try it again, and then we'll go right into the next. Um, oops, it's 6.07. You know what? Um, well, we just have the last two beats. Let's just do the last two beats. We'll just go from from here. We'll go from the flourish for the players, and we'll go into the last two beats. And I'll give a couple notes, and then we'll do the whole thing. Or we do have time. We're okay. Do you want to just go back and do it one more time before? uh, Would that help you, or do you care? We can move forward. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Kwana. I'm good either way. I would love to not start just at the flourish though, because there's a change there. So could we possibly go back to, uh, how about your uh, speech? My, yes. It is not very strange. Great. 386. Oh. Yes. Okay. Yes. We'll do it. Take it from there and then we will continue through the last two beats. <clears throat> oh yeah, exactly. Good. It is not very strange, for my uncle is king of Denmark, and those that would make mouths at him while my father lived give twenty, forty, fifty, a hundred ducats apiece for his picture and little. Splud, there is something more in this. Splud, 
There is something in this more than natural if philosophy could find it out. There are the players. Gentlemen, you are welcome to Elsinore. Your hands. Come then. The appurtenance of welcome is fashion and ceremony. Let me comply with you in this garb, lest my extent to the players, which I tell you must show fairly outwards, should more appear like entertainment than yours. You are welcome. But my uncle father and aunt mother are deceived. In what, my dear lord? I am but mad north-northwest. When the wind is southerly, I know a hawk from a handsaw. We'll be with you, gentlemen. Hark you, Guildenstern, and you too. At each era here, that great baby you see there is not yet out of his swaddling clothes. Happily, he is the second time come to them, for they say an old man is twice a child. I will prophesy he comes to tell me of the players. Mark it. You say right, sir. A Monday morning. Twas then indeed. My lord, I have news to tell you. My lord, I have news to tell you. When Rostios was an actor in Rome. The actors are come hither, my lord. Buzz, buzz. Upon my honor. Then each then came each actor on his ass. The best actors in the world, either for tragedy, comedy, history, pastoral, pastoral comedy, historical pastoral, tragical historical, tragical comedy, historical pastoral, scene individual or poem unlimited. Seneca cannot be too heavy, nor Plautus too light, for the law of writ and the liberty. These are the only men. Oh, Jephthah, judge of Israel, what a treasure hadst thou! What a treasure had he, my lord? Why, one fair daughter, and no more, the which he loved passing well. Still on my daughter. Am I not in the right, old Jephthah? If you call me Jephthah, my lord, I have a daughter that I love passing well. Nay, that follows not. What follows, then, my lord? Why, as by lot, God wot, and then you know, it came to pass, as most like it was, uh, uh, the first row of this pious chanson will show you more, for look, where my abridgment comes. You are welcome, masters, welcome all. Nice, nice. Good, good. Couple quick, quick notes. Um, just uh, Polonius. Round 419, you have, uh, upon my, uh, hmm, upon my honor. What do you yeah, mean yeah. by that? You say, um, the actors are come hither, Hamlet says buzz buzz, and you say, upon my honor. I wrote seriously, I mean, like, I, I promise you they're here, like, because I, I think maybe I feel a little tension from, from Hamlet, even if I don't understand. Yeah. So it's like, hey, you, no, really, they're here. This is good news. So what you just did just there? Yes. Can you say, can you say upon my honor like that? Uh, upon my honor. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. Just like that. Just like that. Hamlet 427. Oh, Jeff, yes. I think you're talking to Polonius. Yes. I just went. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And Polonius, pick up your cues a little bit in this section. Uh, it's yeah. important because it, it, it's moving. The players are here. We know they're coming. And we know the end of the scene is nigh. Things are moving forward. It could end in any second. So we need to feel that that energy. Um, okay. um, good. Well done. My little speech as well. Oh, that was great. Um, okay. I think 
I think during your speech, just enjoy your, don't worry about it. I mean, the cues should be fast, but the way they're fast when one is talking to oneself, you don't really, you know, it's what we've been saying all along. You enjoy hearing yourself speak. And by what people mean when they say that is that you have an assumption that when you're speaking, it's entertaining for everyone. And so you could go on and on and on because you just, you, you don't perceive that people are not entertained. You just, you, you see them as entertained because you imagine in your, you see what I'm saying? So yes. entertain yourself knowing you're entertaining everyone with your brilliance. You're brilliant and you're okay. sharing your brilliance with other people. So enjoy it, but keep the pace up, but enjoy okay. saying it. You should really be. It should be like eating a donut. When you're saying all those, all those different, uh, tra- types, and then you mentioned Seneca and Plautus, it's just like, it's like eating donuts. I don't know. I haven't eaten a donut in a long time, but I can imagine it would be like beyond ecstasy. I'm yeah. going to have to bake you some donuts then. Oh. <laughs> all of us. <clears throat> Put on five pounds in 24 hours. Okay. Thank, but thank you though. Do you bake donuts? Seriously? You don't make donuts. Yeah, yeah. From scratch. Yes. Meaning you fry donuts. And they're relatively no, no, no. They're baked apple cider donuts. They're really donuts. Bake them. Really? Yeah, they're good. God, oh, don't stop, stop. Okay. Um, I think we're ready to. Uh, do you want? We don't need to redo re- re- that last bit. I think we're good. Let's do the scene, shall we? From the beginning. I should let you begin. Just remember what you want. First beat. You've got a need. It's building inside of you. Right. I'm going to pause, stop my video and then you guys can t- take your time before you begin. Away, I do beseech you, away. I will board him presently. Oh, give me leave. How does my good Lord Hamlet? Well, God of mercy. Do you know me, my lord? Excellent, well. You are a fishmonger. Not I, my lord. Then I would you were so honest a man. Honest, my lord. Aye, so to be honest as this world goes is to be one man picked out of ten thousand. That's very true, my lord. For if the sunbreed maggots and a dead dog being a good kissing carrion, have you a daughter? I have, my lord. Let her not walk in the sun. Conception is a blessing, but as your daughter may conceive, friend, look to it. What say you by that? Still harping on my daughter. Yet he knew me not at first. He said I was a fishmonger. He is far gone. And truly, in my youth, I suffered much extremity for love. Very near this. I will talk to him again. What do you read, my lord? Words, words, words. What's the matter, my lord? Between who? I mean the matter that you read, my lord. Slander, sir, for the satirical rogue says here that old men have grey beards, that their faces are wrinkled, their eyes purging thick amber and plum tree gum, and that they have a plentiful lack of wit together with most weak hands. All which, sir, though I most powerfully and potently believe, yet I hold it not honesty to have it thus set down. For yourself, sir, shall grow old as I am, if like a crab you could go backward. Though this be madness, there is method in it. Will you walk out of the air, my lord? Into my grave. Indeed, that's out of the air. How pregnant sometimes his replies are. A happiness that often madness hits on, which reason and sanity could not so prosperously be delivered of. I will leave him and suddenly contrive the means of meeting between him and my daughter. My lord, I will take my leave of you. 
Well, you cannot, sir. Take from me anything I will more willingly part with all, except my life, except my life, except my life. Very well, my lord. <laughs> These tedious old fools. You go to seek the good Lord Hamlet. There he is. God save you, sir. My honored lord. My most dear lord. My most excellent friends. How dost thou, Guildenstern? Oh, Rosencrantz, good lads, how do you both? Uh, as the indifferent children of the earth. <laughs> happy in that we are not over happy. On fortune's cap, we are not the very button. Nor the souls of her shoe? Neither, my lord. Then you live about her waist or in the middle of her favors. <laughs> Faith, her private sweet. In the secret parts of fortune, or most true, she is a strumpet. <laughs> what news? None, my lord, but that the world's grown honest. Then is doomsday near, but your news is not true. Let me question more in particular. What have you, my good friends, deserved at the hands of fortune that she sends you to prison hither? Prison, my lord. Denmark's a prison? Then is the world one? A goodly one, in which there are many confines, wards, and dungeons, Denmark being one of the worst. We think not so, my lord. <laughs> hmm... Why then, tis none to you, for there is nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. To me, it is a prison. Why, then, your ambition makes it one. Tis too narrow for your mind. Oh, God, I could be bounded in a nutshell and count myself a king of infinite space, were it not that I have bad dreams. Which dreams, indeed, are... Ambition, for the very substance of ambitious, is merely the shadow of a dream. Oh, the dream itself is but a shadow. Truly, and I hold ambition of so airy and light a quality that it is but a shadow's shadow. Then are our beggars' bodies and our monarchs and outstretched heroes the beggars' shadows? Shall we to the court? For by my fay I cannot reason. We'll wait upon you. We'll wait upon you. No such matter. I will not sort you with the rest of my servants, for to speak to you like an honest man, I am most dreadfully attended. But in the beaten way of friendship, what make you at Elsinore? To visit you, my lord, no other occasion. Ah, beggar that I am, I am even poor in thanks. But I thank you, and sure, dear friends, my thanks are too dear a halfpenny. Were you not sent for? Is it your own inclining? Is it a free visitation? Come. Come, deal justly with me. Come, come, nay, speak. What should we say, my lord? <laughs> Anything but to the purpose. You were sent for, and there is a kind of confession in your looks which your modesties have not craft enough to color. I know the good king and queen have sent for you. To what end, my lord? That you must teach me. But let me conjure you by the rights of our fellowship, by the consonancy of our youth, by the obligation of our ever-preserved love, and by what more dear or better proposer can charge you withal. Be even and direct with me, whether you were sent for or no. What say you? Nay, then, I have an eye of you. If you love me, hold not off. My lord, we were sent for. I will tell you why. So shall my anticipation prevent your discovery and your secrecy to the king and queen molt no feather. I have, of late, 
But wherefore I know not, lost all my mirth, forgone all custom of exercises, and indeed it goes so heavily with my disposition that this goodly frame, the earth, seems to me a sterile promontory. This most excellent canopy, the air, look you, this brave or hanging firmament, this majestical roof, fretted with golden fire, why it appeareth nothing to me but a foul and pestilent congregation of vapors. What a piece of work is a man! How noble in reason, how infinite in faculties and form and moving, how express and admirable in action, how like an angel, in apprehension, how like a god, the beauty of the world, the paragon of animals. And yet to me, what is this quintessence of dust? Man delights not me, no, nor woman neither. Though by your smiling you seem to say so, my lord, there was no such stuff in my thoughts. Why did you laugh then when I said man delights not me? To think, my lord, if you delight not in man, what Lenten entertainment the players shall receive from you. We coded them on the way, and hither they are coming to offer you service. Oh, he that plays the king shall be welcome. His majesty shall have tribute on me. The adventurous knight shall use his foil and target. The lover shall not sigh gratis. The humorous man shall end his part in peace. And the clown shall make those laugh whose lungs are tickle or the seer. And the lady shall say her mind freely, or the blank verse shall halt for it. What players are they? Oh, even those you were wont to take such delight in. The tragedians of the city. How chance that they travel. Their, oh, their residence both in reputation and profit was better both ways. I think their inhibition comes by the means of the late innovation. Do they hold the same estimation they did when I was in the city? Are they so followed? No, indeed they are not. How comes it? Do they grow rusty? Nay, their endeavor keeps in the wanted pace, but there is, sir, an eyrie of children, little Iases that cry out at the top of question and are most tyrannically clapped for it. These are now the fashion, and so berattled the common stages, so they call them, that many wearing rapiers are afraid of goose quills and dare scarce come thither. What, are they children? Who maintains them? How are they escorted? Will they pursue the quality no longer than they can sing? Will they not say afterwards that they should grow themselves to common players, as it is most like, if their means are no better? Their writers do them wrong to make them exclaim against their own succession? Faith, there has been much to do on both sides, and the nation holds it no sin to tar them to controversy. There was for a while no money bid for argument unless the poet and the player went to cuffs in the question. Is it possible? Oh, there has been much throwing about of brains. Well, do the boys carry it away? Aye, that they do, my lord. Hercules and his load, too. It is not very strange. For my uncle is king of Denmark, and those that would make mouths at him while my father lived give twenty, forty, fifty, a hundred ducats apiece for his picture in little. Splud. There's something in this more than natural if philosophy could find it out. <laughs> there are the players. Gentlemen, you are welcome to Elsinore. Your hands, then. The appurtenance of welcome and fashion is ceremony. Let me comply with you in this garb, lest my extent to the players, which I tell you must show fairly outwards, should more appear like entertainment than yours. You are welcome. But my uncle father and aunt mother are deceived. In what, my lord? I am but mad north-northwest. When the wind is southerly, I know a hawk from a handsaw.
We'll be with you, gentlemen. Hark you, Guildenstern, and you too. At each ear a hearer, that great baby you see there is not yet out of his swaddling clouts. <laughs> Happily, he is the second time come to them, for they say an old man is twice a child. I will prophesy he comes to tell me of the players. Mark it. You say right, sir. A my lord, was then indeed. My lord, I have news to tell you. My lord, I have news to tell you. When Rosius was an actor in Rome. The actors are come hither, my lord. Buzz, buzz. Upon my honor. Then came each actor on his ass. The best actors in the world, either for tragedy, comedy, history, pastoral. Uh, pastoral comical, historical pastoral, tragical historical. Uh, tragical, comical, historical, pastoral, scene, individual, or poem, unlimited. Seneca cannot be too heavy, nor Plautus too light. For the law of writ and the liberty, these are the only men. Oh, Jephthah, judge of Israel, what a treasure hadst thou? What a treasure had he, my lord? Why, one fair daughter, and no more, the which he loved passing well. Still on my daughter... Am I not in the right, old Jephthah? If you call me Jephthah, my lord, I have a daughter that I love passing well. Nay, that follows not. What follows then, my lord? Why, as by lot, God what? And then you know, it came to pass, as most like it was, the first row of this pious chanson will show you more, for look where my abridgment comes. <laughs> you are welcome, masters, Oh, welcome all. Wow. Great work, everybody. That was great, you guys. Can I see a couple of things, Nathan? Yeah, please, please. I know you're going to open it up for everybody. Oh, my God, you guys, that was so great. You all, you took all the adjustments that we worked on today, right? Did you feel it? Did it feel like it flowed? It really, it, it moved and you guys, and there were, there were beat shifts and your need was, your need was very present. I really felt everybody's need. Um, so many nice subtlety at the beginning, especially, you know, uh, Hamlet and, and Polonius. It was really subtle. And, and the three of you, the three, you know, schoolmates, that was great. Your nice intentions and stakes. Um, yeah, yeah, there was a nice build. Both of the builds for the, for the, tr the trio of young, young people. That was great. Um, nice adjustments about the players. Each of you, each of you had a really good point of view and, um, nice laugh line, Gildenstern about the, the brains line. Perfect. And Polonius, great entrance at the end. That was terrific. And a really nice speech regarding the theater. Really great. Really well done. Nathan, I thought yeah, it was great. You. Uh, no, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was wonderful to, to see and, um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just, uh, uh, open it up to questions in a second. I'll, I'll, I'll as, uh, people have probably seen, uh, I've been putting some links in the chat. I'll put one more. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just wonderful to get to see these, uh, you know, this group work on the scene over a number of weeks. And of course, you know, coming into it tonight, you see, you know, things, you know, look very clear and all that kind of stuff. And we'll get into it in a second. Um, how that came about, because of course, you know, when people go to the theater and they see the performance, they don't necessarily see all the weeks of work uh, that all of you guys have put into it of like, oh yeah, this, I thought I knew what this meant or, you know, it just, it takes some time to unravel some things. And, and that's also been a nice 
uh, experience for me watching, but I think uh, I've heard from the participants too, that we have a mix of, of professional and newer actors. So people get to have that experience of what it's like to work at a professional level. And that's, you know, what we're, uh, what we're doing with these programs and what we're continuing to do. So, um, but diving into, uh, this, you know, this scene of Hamlet, uh, Gigi, I'd love to hear, uh, from you, you know, briefly, you know, what, what was it that you were hoping to, uh, or, or I guess I would ask, what do you hope to accomplish with Shakespeare? Um, you know, in turn, and, and like with this scene specifically, what was your goal that you wanted to kind of, you know, pull out of it or get out of it or, you know, we'll start there. Well, uh, I think it's probably pretty obvious. I just want, um, for the actors to, um, treat this like any other role in any other story where they have a need and intention, relationships, um, a past and a future circumstances around them that are causing them to behave in the way they're behaving. And I think if we just, um, you know, thank goodness for Gideon who put so much attention on the technical aspects of the language so that I was free to then work with the actors in the more traditional way, uh, because I do believe Shakespeare well done is just must be done very. It has to feel very natural to the actors in order for it to be understandable and for it to be enjoyable for the actors and the audience. It has to feel just real and organic. Um, Hamlet is such an amazing play and the characters are all so complex. Hamlet, you know, have the role of Hamlet, such a complicated, such a human character, but a brilliant, a brilliant mind. Uh, as Ophelia says, a brilliant mind, hero or throne. Um, so that's all. My goal would be just for the actress to be able to relax into it. You have, you have to do with Shakespeare. It's like, it's like going to the gym. You have to get some strength before you can do anything. So with Shakespeare, you have to have the verbal and technical um, strength before you can relax into playing, playing it. But that would be my, my goal would be just to, to have them play it, play it, enjoy it, play it, be in the character, not be in their heads. Great. Great. Um, wonderful. And uh, yeah, if people have more questions, they can either, you know, put them in the chat or, uh, uh, raise your, you know, raise your hand via Zoom or, you know, whatever we, we, there's a lot of different ways you can participate. Um, Quana, I had a question, uh, for you. Uh, have you ever worked on Hamlet before the role of Hamlet? I have never worked on Hamlet. Okay. I don't think I've even worked on Ophelia, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Now that I think of it. Um, so no, so funny. <laughs> um, and I Were was. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, go, 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 go. I was just in. going to piggyback on something that Gigi said about the gym because I do feel, uh, I, I keep saying, I've kept saying in rehearsals that, you know, it's like trying to leap onto a moving horse and then stay, trying to stay on the horse. And that's, and we're doing pros, but we're not even doing first. You guys did amazing right. work with the first. Um, so I feel like it is very much a gym. It's, it's kind of like, a, I'm in a, dialects class just brushing up on a few dialects right now and you can feel the buzz in the in your the, in your roof and in your jaw and you can feel how the muscles loosen up yeah mm-hmm. and uh it's just it's like you just got to keep going at it and and you just and you start to feel those things that Gigi was talking about in terms of the fusion of the words and the meter if it that be 
um, in place with the acting. But at first it does feel super, super clunky. Like it does when you first go to the gym where you're like, uh, maybe not this five weight, maybe this two weight, <laughs> you know, two pound weight. So. Well, so I imagine, you know, obviously you were familiar with the, the play as a whole, but, um, were there particular challenges or surprises that, that you quantify found with this scene, uh, you know, with the play, you know, working on the character of Hamlet, was there anything that, um, yeah, that either challenged or surprised you as you were working on it over the weeks? Absolutely. I think, uh, in continuance of what I was just saying, you can dig and dig and dig and think you understand. And then the very next day you can dig and dig some more just with like a single speech. Um, I've got my, I've got my trusty CT onions, but I've also got my lexicon. Yeah. Uh, if I could show you guys, I don't want to show you my messy house, but I literally have a stack of basically five books here that I just kept referencing and re-referencing. And I think I just had a light bulb moment today with something I thought I had a light bulb moment with the first time that I looked at the scene, but it, it made more sense in context, if that makes sense. Mm. So yes, absolutely. And then of course, uh, the playing at madness, but also being mad, but also being, uh, uh, absolutely uh, miserable and missing his father and wanting to revenge his father. Um, all of that wrapped up in this nice, neat sort of, uh, ball of fury. And then you, on top of that, uh, something that, I'm sorry, I can't remember our voice instructor from the second week. Oh, Ursula. Ursula. Yeah. Ursula said this beautiful thing in the second week about, um, oh, it's just gone. It's left me. It's left me. It's left me. It'll, it'll come back. It's left me. It'll come back. <laughs> she said something amazing that helped me, and I can't remember it. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. If you, if you remember it, uh, let us know. Um, but, uh, Seth, uh, same, same question to you, uh, you know, working on Polonius, uh, I don't know if you had any experience working on the play, any other characters, but, uh, what, um, what challenge or surprised you with uh, working on Polonius? Um, I think from, I mean, like somehow I have gotten through all of life and I have never read or watched Hamlet, um, which I, I don't even know if I should admit that, but, uh, but, uh, no, I mean, so. So it was so fun to to jump into because at first I think a you know kind of where Jesus has been so wonderful in so many ways like she brings it down to the the core like what what do you want like just start there and don't get overwhelmed with Shakespeare don't get overwhelmed with you know this is Hamlet and um, which I think just discovering that there's there's so much more humor and not not humor that I'm necessarily aware of as Polonius but just I didn't I didn't realize that there would be a character like this who. You know, I think even today or tonight, I was discovering more of like how much I think that I'm, you know, a, a guy who understands palace injury, that I think that I might have a brain like Iago when actually I'm missing everything that is going on around me. But I think that I'm above and ahead of everyone. And it's just, it, that's just a delightful thing to be able to, to jump into. And you can't, you can't really let your ego grow big enough, I think, in a role. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see, you know, I see, you know, there's so many more layers to jump into, but it's been Oh, fun. great. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad that, uh, the, uh, this was your first experience with Hamlet. Uh, you know, no better time to jump in. Uh, go. Yeah. And, um, yeah, great, great. Uh, and, uh, Danielle, how about, how about you? What, uh, what challenge and surprised you with, uh, Gildenstern? Oh, it was, it, it, Shakespeare in general is just, it's very intimidating if you've never, so this is my first time ever actually working on a, 
a Shakespeare piece. So Gildenstern was perfect for me because I don't think I could have took on the amount uh, between Quanah and Seth. I, I think I would have probably given up and like, hey, can we just chop this up? <laughs> but I, I, I really wanted to, you know, for a long time, I've, I've wanted to take a class doing Shakespeare. So this was a, a perfect intro because a lot of the actor, actors and actresses that I admire, they all have a foundation or some sort of background with classical pieces. And I, I can definitely see how they say it, it helps you to grow and become a better actor because you definitely, you know, that, that session that I had with Gideon, you have to be, I, I'm trying to find a way to describe it. You have to be technically present but then at the same time you're you're trying to let go and just be in the character so you're trying to be in two places yeah. at the same time and it really is an exercise you know in itself to to just let go and and just do it with your emotions but at the same time like I'm I'm in my head I'm picturing what are you saying boom 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 <laughs> and 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 everything but this was a perfect intro and like even just listening to you know when you were critiquing the other actors uh between Gigi and Gideon I it would you know even I would learn something even if it wasn't my particular line or scene because if you broke something down before between Hamlet and Polonius then I'd like oh so that's where that's going and then it helps me figure out okay this is where I need to be with that. So the, this whole experience is really great. I'm, I'm still getting there. I'm, I'm on the treadmill. I'm not falling off so much. I'm, I'm on it. So I'm, I'm going to stick with it, you know, maybe bump up my speed a little bit. And, uh, well, I, I, I want to commend your work. It was, it was really great. And I mean, uh, you know, uh, we've all heard the phrase, you know, there are no small parts. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, Gildenstern is, is the kind of role that, uh, you know, can certainly be memorable, you know, uh, both of them, Rosencrantz and Gildenstern, but, uh, there's no, there's no reason that Gildenstern specifically can't be memorable. So, um, yeah, no, I, th- I think you did really great work, not only in the monologue, but, uh, uh, in the scene as well. So, uh, for your first time, uh, that's, uh, it's really wonderful. So great. Um, and, uh, Max, uh, as, as the, uh, partner in crime of, uh, Gildenstern, um, what did, were you, I don't know if you're familiar with the play or, or these characters specifically, um, but, uh, what did, what did you, uh, you know, kind of learn over the weeks? Uh, what I learned so much, um, this is my first real time working with a dramaturg and the combination of Gideon and Gigi, um, getting at the heart of the text. And when I started, um, well, what really resonated about what Gigi just said earlier in this discussion was about relaxing into it and letting go of all of the, and it's kind of been a theme, like Danielle, you mentioned as well, like being aware of the technical aspect, but then also learning to let it go and just go with the flow of it. And that's something I'm also trying to refine and hone um, and just when I came in, I started off thinking like, oh, Rosencrantz has to be funny and I'm not funny. And what am I going to do? Oh no. So I was always like trying to push and be like, Hey buddy. And just sort of thinking that he's like this cool guy. And I'm like, I'm not that cool, <laughs> but just kind of go, went back. And um, again, like Gigi said, sitting back, relaxing into it and just being like, what about me in this place? Like I can be silly. I like playing with my friends. I like 
wordplay. <laughs> that's really, that's like fun. And I love the theater. So why not talk about the actors? And it's just learning how to find yourself in it. And again, just the more you understand what you're saying, like this is like the heavy lifting at the gym, where like everything else is easy peasy. <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but feels like it in the moment. Well, you know, if you, if you, uh, if you do the, extreme heavy lifting in the gym, then going for a light jog around your, uh, your, your apartment feels a little bit easier. So yes, uh, you know, um, and insert, uh, insert commercial or television audition here, you know, after, after working on uh, Shakespeare. Um, but of course you can apply all those same skills. Well, I don't know how far I want to carry this uh, gym metaphor, but uh, I think, I think you all get it. Um, but, uh, uh, all right. I wanted to highlight a, a comment. Uh, uh, Bill said he's always been curious to learn what goes on at a rehearsal. Uh, Watching your whittling uh, is fascinating. Thank you for making this available. So, well, Bill, I'm glad uh, you were able to be part of this and, and see this tonight. Um, I know th- this has kind of come up uh, a number of times, not only in your rehearsals, but then I think uh, with Ursula bringing it up with Danielle and maybe even Gideon too. Um, the the differences between Guildenstern and Rosencrantz and that they're not the same person. You know, Shakespeare wrote two different people. He didn't just write one friend. He wrote two different people. So I don't know who wants to kind of chime in there, but uh, just the discussions you guys had about, uh, yeah, figuring out who are these two different people and, and what are the differences between them? Who, who would like to jump in first on that? Uh, You know, we didn't address that very much. Um, We would if we were on stage and actually doing the the play. You know, obviously Rosencrantz um, talks more. Um, So he's the talker of the two. Um, But um, I think that would have to be explored. We didn't, Mm -hmm. we didn't, uh, we didn't actually get that far, did we? Did you guys have any ideas about it, Max? Yeah, I, I remember in our first rehearsal, um, when you asked us what we wanted and when we talked about like how maybe Rosencrantz is more about like, oh, well, we're getting paid for this. This is a job. And like, he's more of the easygoing sort of practical person. But then mm-hmm. Gildenstern, like Danielle said, um, I don't know if you want to speak more to this, but I was really intrigued by what you said before about how Gildenstern is more like, I'm really worried about Hamlet. I want to make sure he's okay. And sure, we're given this job, but that's just an excuse to also find out what he's up to and see that he's not hurting himself. And so kind of like when we talked about what we wanted, those wants really distinguished those characters. Yeah, I, I agree with what he said. And, and I think it's important too, that even though you don't see it, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern in the end, they die together. So they're like, you know, they're different people, but I think it's important that the two of them, you know, end up dying together. So I think mm-hmm. Shakespeare kind of wrote it to where, okay, look, here's Hamlet and here's Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. They're a couple of little idiots, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep them together because, you know, they're, they're just, even though they're that dumb, they're true to each other and they end up dying together. So <laughs> mm-hmm. partners, even in death, even unto yeah. death. Yeah. Great. Great. Um, Cool. Nathan, um, can I ask you a quick question? Of course. Have you worked on Hamlet? I bet you have. Um, I, I have a, a very, uh, yes, I have a very fascinating connection. I was, I was cast in the role and I left, I, I, in a, in a 
unfathomable uh, decision most people would consider. I left the role because I realized the director was not a supportive person. And and it's, and I was just talking about this with, with someone the other day. It's the kind of role that you and the director need to be on the same page. And, and somebody was saying, you know, he remembers, he remembered a production that they were casting. They, they were doing the production they were going to cast for Hamlet. And it's just like, how, how can you do that? How can you do the show not knowing who your Hamlet is? It's just you like, you gotta be on, like, you gotta know who you're going down this road with. Um, and so maybe that should have been my first flag is that I was cast from an audition, but, um, uh, I, th- I think it speaks to, you know, just that kind of relationship and trust that are needed, that is needed, you know, and this is just kind of one example, uh, in, in Shakespeare's canon between, uh, the director and, and, and that actor, uh, and to some extent the company. Um, but, uh, but yes, that's a long winded way to answer your question. <laughs> Um, wow. Wow. I would, yeah, it's, I, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, uh, th- there's a lot to work on. And, and I think, um, what's exciting is, you know, as over the last year, we're seeing kind of more things, uh, open up and explode on a socio-political landscape, mm-hmm. what that will mean for productions of, of not only this play, but other plays going forward, you know, what, what are we going to see in terms of race and gender and age, uh, in these, in these parts, in these roles, uh, you know, and, and, um, I think a lot of it, I mean, I, I think it's great that we have, uh, opportunities like this online, but I think, uh, it'll be really important to see what the theaters themselves do, you know, and, uh, and of course, uh, many of, you know, that's the intersection of art and commerce, you know, that you have to figure out, okay, how do we, what do we do so that we can keep the doors open, but also represent the world that we're living in and, and say something that actually speaks to, you know, the people that are present today. So, um, so yeah, no, I, I think that's, uh, it's, it's exciting that these, that this material and there are lots of other classical plays that, uh, have timeless themes and we can continue to explore and, and, and a group of actors in 2021 can spend four weeks and still, um, have more to explore. Uh, in these plays. So it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, let me see. There's, uh, let me see something in the chat. Uh, Michael, uh, Michael just dropped a uh, comment. He said, this has been great. Uh, I just finished a similar Hamlet workshop with a small company in Chicago. We had many of the same, uh, conversations you're having. Uh, tragedians was news to me too. So yes, uh, well, th- thank you, Michael. I'm glad, thank you. Glad you could, uh, uh, participate in this and, and see what like comedians. This, yes. And see, this is the great part. You can, you can participate in a, uh, a Chicago Hamlet workshop and then, uh, participate in a, you know, uh, global Hamlet where, you know, this is the wonderful thing is that you can drop in and learn from all these, uh, different, uh, different places. Um, I wanted to uh, just give, uh, you know, the, the company of actors, uh, uh another uh, opportunity if there's, Anything else you wanted to share about, you know, working in this format? Obviously, it's very different from working on stage, but um, having the opportunity to work with a mix of, of professionals and and the dramaturgs, if you guys, as you you mentioned, and the voice, uh, is there anything any of you wanted to share about? Again, that kind of luxury of having that experience, uh, or just working with such an array of professionals that a lot of times in professional theater you read the play on day one and day two, it's like, okay, now we're going to block act one, scene one. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, you hope you get a chance to go back and discuss the scene at some point. So, uh, yeah, did anyone have anything further they wanted to share on that, that experience? Uh, 
Um, I, I, I think this is great because at least, you know, from what I've seen under normal circumstances, most places wouldn't mix, you know, b- beginner or amateur actors with people who are professionals. So I think it, I don't know, I, maybe if you have a room full of people who are kind of all in the same place, it kind of stunts your growth, like when everybody's beginners. But then when you actually have this platform and, you know, I watch people like, you know, Quana and how she just went through and everything. And even Seth, even you with Polonius. And I'm like, oh, OK, you know, like it, it, it definitely helps to you know, because at first I was like, I don't know, should I sign up? Do I really want to take this leap and be in there with professionals and look really dumb? Or, you know, and, and you know, I was kind of like, well, you know, I, I might as well just try it, you know. But it it, it, it was definitely, I, I'm so glad I did it. It was definitely helpful. Like it was the, it was the push I needed instead of just kind of staying in my little comfort zone. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm glad you, uh, had the courage to, to, you know, uh, join us and, and it's been great. And, and, and like you mentioned earlier, uh, it's, uh, you know, anyone that's been in an acting class, you learn as much watching other scenes and other actors go up as yeah. when you are, you know, up there. Cause most of the time you can't process anything anyone's telling you because you have the nerves of performing and did I do this right? And did I remember all my lines? And when you're in the audience, it's clear as day. Oh yeah, this mm-hmm. worked. That didn't work, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm really uh, thrilled to hear you had that experience uh, by observing. Um, anyone else? And what's yeah, cool on. about Shakespeare, um, at least in, it has been in my experience, is because you have so many different characters of different generations, and you have such a big cast in most of the plays. I feel like I've learned something new from everyone um, in every play that I've done. Because, you know, there's somebody who's 80 who's been doing it since, you know, way before I was born and has a completely different take on it, different philosophy, different background, right? It's so, that is one of my favorite things about Shakespeare is that you can just, you can know a play like the back of your hand and still be completely surprised or think that you know a play like the back of your hand and still be completely surprised. So I feel like there's always um, this dynamic in a Shakespeare play um, no matter what level. Um, yeah. Great. Um, uh, Seth, yeah. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I think it was also just along with whatever else is saying, I think it's fun. Like, you know, you know, Polonius is obviously a little bit an older character than I would normally play. And like, even just being able to cross gender and do that sort of thing. I think it's, it's fun to take, Something like as much as I haven't read Hamlet before, I still have an impression of who Hamlet should be. And so to have someone play it that wouldn't normally also actually challenges you to look at the story rather than come in with all these expectations and kind of really allows us to dig in deeper than maybe we would have otherwise. And so I think it's that's kind of just been a fun asset to it. Um, and I also just like Juana, like, you know, is obviously doing her homework every week. And so I think for me, it was just a great challenge of like, I've got to keep up on some level with this, this person who is like marathon sprinting through the scene. But, um, and yeah, and yeah, so it's just, it's been a great, it's been a great experience. A, I'm flattered, but B, I was going to say something else. Thank you, Seb. I was also going to say that, um, because you asked about rehearsals, Nathan, Mm -hmm. and I feel like, um, 
I was taught this, but also that's been my approach for Shakespeare is that you have to do a ton, like weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of work before that first rehearsal. And then of course you have table work, but it's never enough. There's never enough table work before you get on your feet. So whether it's the second day or whether it's the second week, it's like, no, I still don't know what I'm saying. You know? Right. Right. So, and, and, and you're, you're, you're having to cover an entire play rather than just one scene. And, and, you know, there was, um, it seemed like, you know, again, you guys could keep discussing this scene of, of what's, what's going on and what, what have we missed or what, what else could we do here? Um, so yeah. And, 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 uh, I mean, that's, you, you know, you, you mentioned Quana, the, the differences of ages that you might have in a, in a, in a Shakespeare production. Uh, and, and of course that in itself is limited to just those people that are in that production. So finding a way, and I think it's wonderful that the technology technology exists now that we can involve more people in that experience of what goes on at a professional level to work on this stuff so that we had an actor that was uh, with us in the last round that uh, got cast off a self-tape video to go work at Utah Shakespeare. And so I'm, you know, what I hope is that, you know, his experience with this gives him a little bit more of a leg up or a little bit more of an insight of when he shows up to that first day, what is he expecting? Then of course there's going to be nerves, but you just, you start to understand of, okay, this is what goes into it. Even if you haven't done, you know, MFA training or regional theater, you have a little bit more of an insight because you've been working with a breadth and depth of, uh, experience, experienced actors and, and other artists, uh, that kind of help you see here's, you know, here's what's uh, going on here. Here's what goes into it. So, um, well, great. We're, we're, we could keep talking and it's been, it's been wonderful. I just want to, um, I'll kind of wrap up the public uh, part of it here and, and I'll let, uh, uh, every, all the attendees, uh, thank you so much for being here. Uh, the Hamp group, you guys can stay put for a second. Um, but, uh, yeah, again, just want to thank, uh, all the Hamlet, uh, uh participants, uh, you know, for all your great work. Uh, and thank you to the attendees, uh, for being here. Hey, it's Nathan here one more time. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in to that uh, entire presentation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I love going back. I mean, every time I watch these, I'll learn something new. Uh, the work is just so fantastic and so deep. Uh, it, it's just wonderful. So I hope you really enjoyed that. Uh, and like I said, the plan is to roll out more of these. So please stay tuned to the podcast uh, or YouTube. Um, you know, I'll really, I'm really making an effort to, uh, you know, put more of this out there and not just uh, hold on to it and wait for someday. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you're not on the email list, go to workingactorsjourney.com. Um, that is usually uh, where you will find out first about things that are coming up. You know, where I first shared about uh, Libby being part of the rehearsal room and anything else that's going on, I probably will be able to email about it first before I'm able to get it out on the podcast uh, or YouTube. Maybe social media, but email is, again, going to be your best bet. So workingactorsjourney.com. It's free to sign up. You can even get uh, a resource. It's called 10 Ways to Stop Worrying and Start Working. Uh, some of the uh, best advice from, I think, the first two seasons of the show uh, in a PDF. So you get that immediately when you uh, sign up. Uh, you get that free. And then you'll get ongoing notices of what we're doing. So that is it. Hope you're having a great rest of your day. Look forward to sharing more with you soon. And take care. I'm Nathan Agan and enjoy the journey.